<laughs> hey, we're going to jump right into this morning's message. Um, how good was Donna and Lucas? Worship, man. Who said that live online church couldn't work? This is absolutely phenomenal. I'm standing here in an empty church, um, listening and being part of this worship, and it's just absolutely phenomenal. So thank you guys for your faithfulness. Um, it's incredible. So I want to start this morning by asking the question, um, what is the soul? What is your soul? Um, experts would say, and I've heard this said oftentimes, that the soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. And I agree with that. Absolutely, your soul is. It's that your mind and, and your will and your emotions. It's all those things that roll up into one neat little ball. But I kind of feel like, I feel like the soul is much more. I feel like the soul is, is the unique part of you. It's the, the very core of who I am that makes you distinctly you. It's the part of you that is created in God's image and has a deep longing that can only be satisfied by a connection with God himself. It's, it's that part of us, that part of you that, that partners with God to fulfill the the fullness of the potential and the purpose that God himself put in you before you were even born. It's, it's essentially the truest, purest form of you. That's your soul. And I think if you think about your soul, whether it's just the mind, will, emotions, or whether it's all those things I just described, it's pretty clear that the soul is an important part of who you are, of who I am, of our actual identity. Jesus thinks so too. Jesus speaks a lot to the condition of our soul. It seems crazy to think that anyone would willfully give up their soul. Anyone would willfully give up their truest self. It seems like nothing could possibly match its value and, and nothing would be worthy of its exchange, right? Like that seems so logical. However, we see throughout history, people will give up their soul. Esau gave up his soul. Genesis 25, we see Esau give up his birthright, give up his truer self, give up what was uniquely his and uniquely him. He gave that up to his brother Jacob. For what? A pot of stew. A pot of stew, a, a physical satisfaction moment, he relinquished all that was uniquely his. And this is the kind of thing that Jesus is talking about in, in Matthew 16, 26, Jesus asked a couple of questions. He says this, he says, What will it profit a man if you gain the whole world but forfeit your soul? And then he clarifies and asks the question again in a slightly different manner. He says, What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Heavy questions. Our truest self, our, our, our deepest part of who we actually are, what would you give in exchange for that? Have you ever, have you ever asked that question of yourself? Because oftentimes we can read the Bible and we can glance over it and it can become a, uh, we look at it from the outside in, but sometimes it's good to, to smell the Scriptures. And what do I mean by that? That sounds just crazy. What I mean by that is, is getting into the streets and smelling the smells and seeing the sights and being super present in the moment that is unfolding in the Scriptures that you're reading. And so when Jesus asks this question, put yourself there. Imagine him asking it to you, what would you give? In exchange for your soul? Have you ever answered that question? Is there a price that you would give up your identity and your truest self for? Is it for fame? Is it, is it for money to have that house, to have that car? 
Is it for comfort? Is it for sexual pleasure? Is it for relationships? Is it for your career? Or is it for power and have this sense of control? And you'd be willing to forfeit your soul to get those things. It's a sobering question to actually think about these things. But let's not for a minute think that we're above the possibility of that happening for us. Let's not for a second think that we have somehow got this moral high ground that there is nothing we would ever do that would ex- we would exchange our soul for. We see great men of the Bible who did such a thing. Esau traded his soul, his birthright, his identity, his truest self for a bowl of stew. And so many of us, if we're honest, have in the past, or potentially would, if, if the opportunity presented itself, we might give up our truest self for the pleasures of this, of this life. But we've got to safeguard our souls. We've got to stay connected to God by partnering with Him in outworking our potential and our purpose that He has put inside of us before we were even born. Remember, that's what our soul is, right? Our soul is, is that deep part of us that is created in the image of God that has a longing and has, has cravings that can only be fully satisfied when we are connected with the one who breathed life into us. And when we connect with God, when we partner with God, our soul and his spirit connect together, then we start to discover our potential and our purpose and we work to, with him to be all he has called us to be. And that will safeguard us from, from falling into the traps of selling our soul for other things. Because what will it profit you if you gain everything this world has to offer but forfeit the very thing that makes you uniquely you? And that's what Jesus is asking us in Matthew 16. And so thinking about that, I've had this scripture in my, in my, in my head all week. Um, it's a scripture that you probably will not be unfamiliar with. Uh, we talk on it fairly often. It's in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And Paul writes this, he says, And let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we will reap if we don't give up. Let us not grow weary in doing good. Okay, so don't grow tired in doing good and what you should be doing. For in due season we will reap if we don't give up. So first, in, with that in mind, I, I want to start by saying thank you to so many of you guys, our church family, who have stood close by us over the last two years. You've remained flexible and allowed yourselves to be inconvenienced as we struggle to find our way through navigating COVID, through online church and offline church and in-person and restrictions. And I want to say thank you um, for the last two years. It's, it's been tricky would be a, the understatement of the century. Um, but here we are. We're still standing. We're still doing it. I wrote a couple of things I thought could be cool because I just want to thank you. And When you could have had the day off, gone to the beach or camping, and no one would ever know that you were not in attendance, you chose to tune into online church. You choose to be a part of what is happening in the gathering and contribute and be present. When you could have pulled back, you chose to lean in. When you could have been so frustrated by the inconvenience and inconsistency of everything, You chose to understand, to support, and to encourage. When you could have stopped giving because of the financial uncertainty, you chose to continue to honour God with your tithes and give generously. When you could have recoiled and removed yourself from fellowship, 
You chose to reach out and remain connected. When you could have chosen to be offended by your unmet expectations, you you displayed humility by extending grace. And when you could have grown weary in doing good, you chose to not give up and continued to be about the business of the kingdom of God. And for that, I say thank you. We really appreciate it. We really feel the love and the connection and the support for our church. And, and with all, I say this hand on heart, our church is probably the healthiest it's been at this current time. I, I feel, and I talk about this often, I feel like there is a touch of God on what is happening in our church at the moment, despite all the, the stuff that is happening with the, with the COVID and off again and health and all that sort of stuff. We feel that our church is healthy. And I want to thank you for being a part of that. Know this, because of your, your faithfulness, you will reap rewards, rewards from your obedience. Because of our faithfulness, we will reap rewards because of our obedience. Don't grow weary in doing good. In season, due season, in due time, we will reap if we don't give up. Psalm 133 is this beautiful, short little psalm. It's tucked right between Psalm 132 and 134, uh, if you're looking for it in your Bible. And it, it says this amazing Little, little thought that when you piece it all together, you see this, but basically what it says is, where there is unity, God commands a blessing. So if God is looking for what he can bless and command a blessing on, he's looking for where there's unity. He's looking for where the brothers and sisters in Christ are choosing to unite around what is true and what is real and what is, what is priority, rather than dividing about indifferences and things like that. And so I feel that we now as a church, not now as a church, I feel like we've been that for a while, but, but there is a, spe- a special sense of unity in our church. And God is, and God will continue to pour a blessing on us, both individually as people and families, but I think there is a special blessing coming on us corporately as a church, that God will increase our influence and our impact um, in, in this city and beyond. Our faithfulness to unity, despite having ample opportunity and reasons to disconnect and disengage, will see God command a blessing on us. I am absolutely convinced of this. And when you read Galatians chapter 6, just two verses earlier, Paul says this in verse 7, Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. You cannot make a mockery of God. What he says will happen will happen, all right? No one's going to trick him or outsmart him. Don't be deceived in thinking that you can. He will not be mocked. As a man sows, so shall he reap. So what we sow into, I guarantee you, at some point in due season, you will reap from that, whether good, bad, or indifference. And so if we are sowing into the kingdom of God, being about godly business, keeping our hearts pure, choosing unity of the faith, journeying together, leaning into what God is doing, then God will command a blessing on that because as a man sows, so shall he reap. That's just how God has designed this world and his kingdom to work. But I understand that, and I'll speak for myself as well, um, that this may not be the case for many of us. That some of us have felt disconnected. Some of us have felt inconvenience and some of us have felt the need to pull back. And I get it. I, I honestly get it and I understand that. And, and the last two years can absolutely make us complacent in our faith, in our involvement, if we let it. 
If, if we let the circumstances around us dictate to us how we should or shouldn't behave, then it's very easy for us to slip into complacency. And I understand there's, there's reasons for that. But I want to encourage you today, if, if, if you're one of those people that find yourself in that boat where it's just been all too hard and you feel like you feel a little bit removed, a little bit disconnected, and I get it because I've felt like that as well, I want to encourage you with this this morning. For those of us who might have pulled back, who feel burned out, who feel tired or feel disconnected, those who feel weary and have lost their zeal, I want us to consider the story of Jesus and the fishermen in John chapter 21. These fishermen, these commercial, professional fishermen, went out to fish. And, and they fished all night. And they did the right thing. They did the good thing. They, they fished according to how the standards of fishing go. They knew what to do, where to go, what equipment to use. And, and no matter doing all the work and no matter how, how perfectly they did it, they, they came back at the end of the, the night with empty nets and an empty boat. They caught nothing. And so context is Jesus has resurrected at this point, And so he's just hanging around doing, doing bits and pieces. And, and, and he sees the fishermen come in. He just sees the disciples come in and, and the boat's empty and they're a bit disheveled because they've worked all night at what they knew was right and how to do it and still the fruit wasn't there. And so Jesus says, basically, go again. Cast out your net, catch fish. And they're like, Jesus, come on. We're the fishermen, you're the carpenter slash rabbi, so let us do what we know best and you do what you know best. Go, why don't you go and just build a hut or preach a, a message or something like that? And Jesus is like, no, just, just trust me. Just cast out your net one more time. And so you'll probably know the story. They cast out the net. And what happens is the net is filled to the brim with fish. It says 153 large fish. And maybe if a fisherman wrote that, maybe the fish were this big. I don't know because fishermen tend to exaggerate things. But um, what we do know is the net started to break with the, the ample weight of the fish that were in that catch. And so they weren't prepared for the, the level of fish they caught. They, they, they were prepared for a smaller amount that they could have caught. But, but then Jesus comes on and says, cast out your net one more time, and bang, the harvest came. And I kind of feel that this is a word for us, some of us, that our blessing and our breakthrough is always preceded by our obedience, to stay faithful, to stay the course, to not grow weary in doing good. So I would say cast your net again. Believe again. Have faith again. Dream again. Give again. Love again. Surrender again. Worship again. The circumstances might not feel right. You might feel exhausted because you've been doing the right things for so long and how they should be done, but you're just not feeling the rewards or you're not feeling the blessing or you're not feeling the anointing of God. But I kind of feel like Jesus is saying, cast your net out again. Cast it one more time. Just keep, just keep casting. In order to catch it, you've got to first cast it. If we want to catch the blessing that God has for us, then we've got to cast out the net of obedience, cast out the net of faithfulness, cast out the net of long-suffering, cast out the net of patience, cast out that net of staying faithful to Jesus in the call that he's given you 
as you entangle your soul with his spirit and feel the refreshing touch from heaven to be and fulfill the potential and the purpose he has on your life. Cast again. It's in the casting that we will see the catch come in. There is a catch for you. And and even with this catch, right, this catch, this blessing, this, this anointing, this whatever, whatever God has for us to fulfill us that we're believing God for, there's a catch with the catch. Because you see what happens in this story is, is absolutely fascinating. Is, is they have the massive harvest, right? So God, Jesus blesses them and, they, and they, they bring all the fish in and it's happy days. And the very next thing Jesus says when, when they, they get together is, um, do you love me? And the disciples like, well, uh, look what you just did for us. Uh, 150 large fish. That's the biggest catch we've ever caught. Jesus, you broke our nets with your abundance. We, we, didn't, we didn't have room in our boat for what you poured out. Of course we love you. Are you crazy? Look at the blessing you've given me, God. And Jesus looks dead eye at them again. Do you love me? Uh, pretty sure you just asked me that already. Um, but look, I'll play along. Uh, yep, I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. I, meant, I forgot to say that the first time, but feed my sheep. Do you love me? Second time, feed my sheep. Third time, Jesus says, do you love me? And the was like, oh my gosh. Uh, yes, I love you. Well, feed my sheep. And so for me, I think about this. Our catch, our blessing, what we're waiting to receive from God, the, the anointing, whether it's physical health, whether it's financial blessing, whether it's emotional health, whether it's that house, whether it's that job or that relationship, whatever it is that we are working uh, in our life and believing God for, the catch he has for us is not simply to make us bigger, better and more abundant. There is a purpose to God's blessing that is far bigger than you just getting yours and me just getting mine. Do you love me? Jesus says. Yep, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Of course I love you. You bless me. You look after me, God. You, you've got a, an anointing for me. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, Jesus. Feed my sheep. Our blessing, what God has for us, sure is to point us to the fact that God is good and God is faithful, but what we do with that is actually meant to help other people to go into all the world, make disciples, go into all the world, feed the poor, feed the naked, no, feed the naked because they're hungry, uh, but maybe clothe the naked if we're a bit more helpful, is clothes. Um, but it's about, it's about others. And this, this, is the, this is how the kingdom of God works. Is we might have a lack or we might have a deficiency, but we, in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our lack, we serve God faith. We believe God that, that in due season, if we don't give up, we will reap. But when we do reap and God does bless us, it's actually for us to be able to have the resources to help others. And then when we help others, Jesus says, what you do for the least of these, you do unto me and I will bless you. So in our blessing of others, God blesses us again. And that just fills our blessing tank up in whatever area it might be. And then from that filled place, we continue to bless and serve. And so the cycle goes. And that's how we will win this world for God. That is how we change the world is one act of generosity after another, after another, being obedient to who God has called us to be. When our soul connects with his spirit and we start to fulfill fill the potential and purpose he put in our life before we were even born. So if you're tired, if you're weary, 
I get it. These last two years have been hectic. But I want to encourage all of us to not grow weary in doing good. Not grow weary in being who God has called us to be. In due season, in God's timing, we will reap if we don't give up. God commands a blessing where there is unity. And one thing that Anna and I have always um, committed to, this has been like the mantra. Man, I hate that word mantra. It's so it's weird, isn't it? Mantra. I feel like it's like a it's full new age thing, but let's, let's, that's our slogan, if you like. For, for our family, and we've got it on our wall in a frame, it's all printed up really nice because, you know, we're, we're Christians and it's awesome to do that sort of stuff. Um, Joshua 24, verse 15, and we just love this phrase, and, and you might have heard this, this might be your family's slogan as well, but um, as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. No matter what, whether we're, whether we're dirt poor and, and have got barely enough money to, to feed ourselves, we will serve the Lord. Whether, whether God's blessing is on our life and we've got plenty and we're rich, we're living in a house and I'm driving a Range Rover, thank you, Jesus. Um, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's, it's a commitment that we have made that come hell or high water, that's our bare minimum for living is that we will serve the Lord. Because we know when we serve the Lord and we're about His purposes, then His blessing will be upon our life for us to do more for His kingdom. And when we do more for His kingdom, His blessing falls in our life. And so the cycle turns and we make this world a far better place. So thank you. I, I hope you're encouraged. I, I hope you are blessed. And, uh, and I hope that when we get together next week in person, um, I just know that God's going to do incredible things. I just know that heaven's going to fall. And uh, we're going to have an incredible encounter with, with Jesus. And, um, and so we would be empowered to be like Jesus in this world. And um, we love you guys. We are so thankful for you guys. We are so excited about what God is doing in the, in, amongst us and in us and through us and what the future looks like as far as our involvement in our community and being all that God has called our church to be. Uh, we simply can't wait. So before we finish, let me just pray for you um, this morning. God, I thank you so much uh, for today. I thank you for every single person that has logged in. Um, I thank you for uh, what we have encountered this morning, Lord, the, the worship that has connected our heart to you, that has re, uh, rejigged our focus to keep our eyes on you. I thank you for those beautiful moments we had, Lord. I thank you for Brendan and Ollie and the incredible story uh, of your faithfulness and, and your miraculous hand at work in their life, Lord God. I thank you for uh, that beautiful baby, that you will just continue to bless that as it grows and, uh, and that you have a, a call and a destiny on th that baby's, that child's life. And I thank you from the day it is born, it will walk in the, the plan and purpose you have for it. I thank you for a blessing on Brendan and Ollie as a mom and a dad to be uh, an incredible example of, of godly, um, faithful people that as for them and their house, they will serve you, God. And Lord, I pray for every one of us this morning, God, who are online or offline for whatever reason, Lord, that you would just bless us, Lord, that you would give us the energy to go again, that you would give us the boldness to cast out again when we feel tired, when we feel disconnected, when we feel like it's not worth it, Lord, that we would trust you and just continue to do what you've called us to do, that we won't grow weary in doing good, won't grow weary in serving you and following you, that there is a harvest coming, there is a blessing coming, Lord God. And we will continue to be the church that over 2,000 years has changed the face of this planet and that you do it through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Hey, God bless you guys. Enjoy your day. Uh, can't wait to see all of your faces next Sunday. Only two restrictions, really. Um, wear your mask and sign in at the door. Other than that, let's have fun next Sunday. God bless you guys. Peace.